Radio 1000, FM 97.7. Stay connected, stay informed. Good afternoon, it's 2.02. I'm Taylor Van Syce with our top stories from our 24-7 News Center. Portions of Seattle neighborhood streets that were closed during the pandemic will remain closed under a program to create permanent, healthy streets. Northwest News Radio's Corwin Hake explains. Seattle was among the first cities in the nation to launch COVID-related lockdowns early in 2020 and also quick to recognize the ramifications. Kids were sent home from schools, parks and playgrounds were closed. To encourage more outdoor activity close to home, the Seattle Transportation Department barred all but local traffic from parts of 21 streets in a dozen city neighborhoods. Neighbors found pandemic or no pandemic, this was nice. With the road being closed, it gives a lot more people the opportunity to come to a nice place that's safe. The voices are from an SDOT-produced video as the agency begins deciding how many street segments can permanently become healthy streets. An early choice is already up and running in Greenwood on Northwest 73rd. Others are coming to Beacon Hill and Ballard. It's great to just see more kids out, people on bikes, less cars. SDOT says it will rely on community use trends and public feedback to choose more permanent healthy streets. Corwin Hake, Northwest News Radio. The president of Finland is in town having addressed the Washington state legislature about his country's efforts to join NATO. Details from Northwest News Radio's Jeff Pojola. Sauli Ninista's visit is part of a five-day tour of the United States, also visiting California, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. The idea is to drum up support for Finland joining the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, the defense pact known as NATO. Nanista says Russian President Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine has backfired. He sought to re-establish spheres of influence. And by so doing, he wanted to limit also our right to choose our own alliances. Finland and Sweden have traditionally been neutral when it comes to global affairs, but both have applied to join NATO. Jeff Pogela, Northwest News Radio. 204, traffic every 10 minutes on the fours from the High Performance Homes Traffic Center. And here's Kimmy Klein. Overall, things are still pretty quiet on the freeways for your Monday afternoon, but in Tacoma, I'm hearing of a stalled vehicle that's blocking the westbound Highway 16 off-ramp to Orchard. Not really affecting the main line, just something to think about if you're driving around there. We also had a stalled vehicle in Auburn. I think it may have cleared from westbound 18 past 167. There's absolutely no backup around there. And a stalled vehicle in Tuckwilla on northbound 405 at the West Valley Highway may still be, ble- be in your right lane. So this is causing delays down the hill on eastbound Sea Route 518, heading away from SeaTac Airport, also affecting southbound 405, which is filling in right around South Center. We're seeing some brief crowds in Seattle. Southbound I-5 past Mercer Street through the Convention Center and Everett is already very busy on the Boeing Freeway. Eastbound State Route 526 as you approach I-5. If you're taking any of our ferries, Anacortes San Juan Inner Island Tilikum is out of service for the remainder of the day. And both Fontenoy Vash on Southward boats are running about 20 minutes behind. Your next Northwest traffic at 214. Our forecast, sponsored by Northwest Crawl Space Services, here's Kristen. Showers can be expected almost on the daily this week, but we will see our fair share of sunshine as well, much like today. Despite that warm March sun, high temperatures will struggle to surpass that 50-degree mark, remaining slightly below the seasonal norm as a result. And chilly nights still ahead here, low temperatures in the 30s and awfully close to freezing could result in icy road conditions, especially on any wet pavement, and especially considering that we will be tracking at least a few isolated localized snow showers hours during the overnight hours. In the Como 4 Weather Center, meteorologist Kristen Clark. Cloudy right now in much of Seattle with a couple of sunbreaks still here and there. It's 50 degrees at 205.
A man was rushed to the hospital after being shot multiple times in Seattle's Belltown neighborhood, and it happened early this morning around 4.20 near 3rd and Bell. The man died, and so now police say this is a homicide investigation. Police have not released any suspect information. A Sunday morning gunfight in Shoreline ends with a King County Sheriff's deputy and a suspect wounded. The deputy was investigating a suspicious vehicle near 145th Street and 15th Avenue, and that's when the shooting started. Taylor Hotning lives and works nearby and says she heard a series of pops through an open window at home. I heard one and I kind of just tried to like mark it up as like, oh, maybe it's like a backfire from a car or a firework. And then like I heard like seven shots after that. She described law enforcement arriving quickly and trying to communicate with their subject. Like, you need to surrender. We're coming looking with canines right now. King County Executive Dow Constantine in a tweet Sunday writes he's thinking of the deputy, colleagues, and family, and is hoping for a speedy recovery. That's Como 4's Jackie Kent reporting. Both the deputy and the suspect are expected to survive. A 17-year-old girl died in a head-on crash in Thurston County over the weekend. And authorities suspect an 18-year-old driving one of the cars was under the influence. This happened on Saturday night on Rainier Road Southeast, and the Thurston County Sheriff's Office arrested that 18-year-old driver. They say he was driving north, lost control on a curve, crossed the center line, and went into oncoming traffic. The impact killed his passenger. The 18-year-old driver was processed for suspicion of DUI and is under investigation for vehicular homicide and vehicular assault. Deputies report the other driver involved, a 24-year-old woman, has serious injuries. Como 4's Steve McCarran reporting. One person is in critical condition after a major crash in Federal Way that happened this morning south of 272nd Street along I-5 South. We will do a thorough investigation um, into this collision. That's State Trooper Rick Johnson who says the crash involved two cars and a semi-truck. The person in critical condition was driving one of the cars. The wreck happened around 5.30 this morning and tied up traffic for most of the morning commute. A Kirkland woman speaking out for the first time since she was raped in her own home. That attack happened last October. The victim, Jennifer, sharing this terrifying moment with us in fear that 19-year-old Mohamed Cisse could soon be getting electronic home monitoring while he awaits trial. Prosecutors identified the men as 23-year-old Bobakar Torre, who is charged with rape in the first degree and robbery in the first degree, and Cisse, who is charged with several counts of robbery in the first degree. It was terrifying, um, and I was fearful of my life, but I was also fearful for my family because um, there were six people home in the household at that time. Jennifer says she is speaking out because she believes the two men are a danger to the community. Both suspects do not have any prior felony convictions right now. Cissé is currently behind bars. She says, again, she is fearful that he soon could be getting out as he awaits his trial on electronic home monitoring. No word yet on when that court date could be, but her lawyers believe it could be coming soon. Como Four's Hannah Knowles. There's a battle brewing over the city of Seattle's plans to remove some downtown trees. Como 4's Lee Stoll explains. This is right at the entrance to Pike Place Market, a spot many people know, especially in the spring as those trees start to bloom. There are yellow signs posted on all of those trees saying that they could be cut down as early as this week. Opponents say these trees have been a staple of the market entrance for at least 40 years, but the city does plan to remove them as part of that massive multi-year 
year, $756 million waterfront project that's underway. That includes work along the Pike Pine Corridor for bike and streetscape improvements. That phase of the project has been in the works for a while. It's slated to be finished in 2025. The city does plan to replace the trees with hybrid elms, but the group saved the market entrance. They say the trees could bloom for another 50 years, and so they should stay in place. Now, the city opened a 14-day public comment period. That also is posted on those yellow signs, but it does say that ends this week. In fact, it ends tomorrow. Como fours, least all. 210, time for an update on sports from the Beacon Plumbing Sports Desk and Bill Swartz. Washington State Cougar women punched their ticket to the basketball big dance. March Madness started early in Las Vegas. Washington State wins four in a row at the Pac-12 tournament, including Sunday's finale 65-61 over UCLA. Senior guard Charlize Ledger-Walker cut down the nets in the Cougars' first ever conference crown. Never would have thought we would be doing that. Uh, you know, we've watched teams do that in the past, or especially my last three years, and that moment just felt so surreal to get up there, cut down the net, actually soak in that we're champs. The victory cements a spot in the NCAA tournament for WSU. The West Coast Conference tournaments continue in Vegas. Gonzaga women take on BYU, and at 8.30 tonight, the Zags men play San Francisco in the semifinal. A sensational undefeated Seattle Kraken hockey trip capped off with a 3-2 overtime win against defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado. Yanni Gord had the game winner. The Kraken on home ice tomorrow night against Anaheim. And at Seattle Mariners Cactus League action this afternoon against the visit. Chicago Cubs. Luis Castillo makes another Seattle start. Sports with Swartz at 10 and 40 after the hour. Northwest News Radio. It's colder than usual around here, but if you're around some parts of California, weather has been absolutely severe and record-breaking. ABC's Matt Gutman reports. Officials in California warn it could take days longer to rescue everyone imprisoned in the snow, piling up to rooftops and swallowing homes. This place is a disaster zone. These two teens, Riley and Cole, were hiking the Pacific Crest Trail in Southern California, and like almost everyone else, they underestimated a storm that would dump nearly 10 feet of snow in some areas of the region last week. We were climbing up it, and we were just sinking to our hips, essentially. And we could make barely any progress. And for over two days, they huddled together for warmth, certain they were going to die in those mountains before finally being rescued by helicopter. In nearby Arrowhead Lake, Christine Foster and her father have been snowed in their home for nearly two weeks. Their cabin now surrounded by nine-foot walls of snow. We have snow plows, but it's just too thick and it's too hard, and they're just not equipped for this kind of ice. It's just too much. And as some run low on food, water, and gas, rescue workers and volunteers delivering emergency supplies. This is how we have to get people out of the snow. And as crews work round the clock to dig the region out, officials say crews have removed more than 2,000 Olympic swimming pools worth of snow from San Bernardino County alone. And that's enough snow to fill the Superdome five full times, and it has made it so difficult for even damage assessments to be conducted. Now, authorities tell us you're going to go back into these communities, evacuate anybody who wants to be rescued, and send them back down the hill to lower areas, to shelters there. And more bad news, there are additional storms coming this way. ABC's Matt Gutman.
The NTSB investigating after severe turbulence during a flight from New Hampshire to Virginia killed a person. Michael Kastner reports. A private business jet with five people on board was supposed to land in Leesburg Friday, but was diverted to Connecticut. Investigators aren't giving any details, such as if the victim was wearing a seatbelt or if the plane suffered any damage. But the NTSB did confirm yesterday the cockpit voice and data recorders have been removed. I'm Michael Kastner. 214, traffic every 10 minutes on the fours from the High Performance Homes Traffic Center. Here's Kimmy Klein. Let's just check checking our mountain passes. Things are moving pretty well over there. No restrictions over Stevens or Snoqualmie, but traction tires are advised over Blewett and White Pass. Traffic through Seattle, not too bad right now, but it's a little crowded heading southbound on I-5 from Mercer through the convention center. Looks like our earlier stall in Sequilla may have cleared from northbound 405 near the West Valley Highway, but South 405 is starting to fill in around South Center, and eastbound 518 got a little hung up, too, right around SeaTac Airport. Also cleared that stalled vehicle in Auburn from westbound 18. Uh, past 167, but I do see some slowing on 167 southbound starting to fill in at Willis Street as you approach Emerald Downs. But I-5 is looking good so far around Tacoma, along JBLM, and all through Olympia. Even that stalled vehicle in Tacoma that was partially blocking the westbound 16 off-ramp to 19th has cleared away. Your next Northwest traffic at 224. Our forecast, sponsored by Northwest Crawl Space Services. Sunshine in a couple of pockets still, clouds elsewhere, and we're seeing the clouds start to take over the sky out our window, at least for now. It's been pretty active overhead, but not as far as precipitation goes. In fact, all week long, we don't expect any severe rain or snow or hail or anything like that. Just some scattered showers from time to time, like we've already seen today. And a couple of areas of new snow overnight, especially over the mountains, but also in a couple of high cascade communities. Right now in Seattle, 50 degrees at 215. News Radio 1000, FM 97.7, your information station. Sponsored by Muckleshoot Casino. Bill O'Neill is our editor. I'm Taylor Van Syce. Now the headlines are following from our 24-7 news center. Authorities working to find four Americans who were shot at and kidnapped in northern Mexico. The White House said that it's closely monitoring the situation and U.S. law enforcement is coordinating with Mexican authorities. The Americans drove into Matamoros in northeastern Mexico Friday and they were fired on by unidentified gunmen. Some residents in Southern California still trapped by the snow in their homes, as Matt Gutman reported moments ago. Mountain communities in San Bernardino County slammed with winter storms, trapping residents for several days new snow is on the way. Police in Georgia say that they were attacked during a violent protest at the construction site of the new Atlanta Public Safety Training Center. The story from ABC's Steve Osinsami. They say protesters who had just left a nearby music festival threw explosives and Molotov cocktails at police officers and set equipment on fire. This was a very violent attack that occurred this evening. Very violent attack. And this wasn't about a public safety training center. This was about anarchy, and this was about the attempt to destabilize. Authorities say there were more than 100 people and that this was a coordinated attack on officers and equipment. During that attack on the officers, uh, pieces of equipment and other uh, items that were at the location for the construction of the public safety training center were damaged. Police are seen chasing down people in the woods using stun guns to stop the protest. Police arrested more than two dozen. Atlanta's police chief says what happened was not a legitimate protest and that many of those arrested were not from Georgia. We throw uh, commercial-grade 
fireworks, when you throw Molotov cocktails, large rocks, a number of items at officers, your only intent is to harm. This is the latest in a series of clashes with police. In January, a demonstrator was shot to death by a police officer in one of those clashes. But I have to point out that this new police center was approved by both Republicans, Democrats across the city and state, white, black, and brown. ABC's Steve Osinsami. A Muslim rights group is suing the state of Missouri after prison guards allegedly pepper sprayed inmates while they were praying. ABC's Kent Martin reports from St. Louis. According to the lawsuit, which was filed by the Council on American-Islamic Relations, Missouri, guards at a Missouri prison in 2021 allegedly pepper-sprayed Muslim inmates and beat one of them after they were told to break up their daily prayer. They'd been holding their daily prayer schedule throughout the pandemic after their chapel was closed. The lawsuit charges the guards with violating the inmates' constitutional right to freely practice their religion. The Missouri Department of Corrections has not commented on the lawsuit. Kent Martin, ABC News, St. Louis. There's no timetable for Ja Morant's return to the Memphis Grizzlies. ABC's Trevor Alt tells us why he won't be playing for a while. The Grizzlies announcing the All-Star will be sitting out at least two games as the NBA conducts an investigation of what he did live on Instagram. Seen showing off a gun at a nightclub hours after his team lost Friday night. Morant has since apologized, saying in a statement, I'm going to take some time away to get help and work on learning better methods of dealing with stress and my overall well-being. You know, we're taking it one day at a time and we're going to support him, as I said, and we're going to hold him accountable to, to make those changes. That video was recorded as Morant is already under scrutiny for two other alleged incidents, though he's not facing any criminal charges and Morant denies any wrongdoing. Nike says it's standing by Morant, saying in a statement, we appreciate John's accountability and that he is taking the time to get the help he needs. We support his prioritization of his well-being. And Morant's own coach said yesterday John has made difficult decisions and poor choices. Now, it's not clear if the NBA is going to suspend him or fine him, but the team said he'd be away for at least two games, so it could be even more than that. ABC's Trevor Alt. And a North Texas woman remains jailed on charges related to the deaths of three of her children and the wounding of two more. Because of previous violent incidents, Shemaya Hall was not supposed to have unsupervised visits with her children. When a caseworker showed up at her home unannounced on Friday, investigators say the 25 year old Hall slammed the door in her face. The caseworker called 911 and police then found the bodies of three of her children. Two of them five-year-old twins, one six years old. Two more kids were hurt. All five had been stabbed. Jemiah Hall is jailed on six million dollars bond. Jim Ryan, ABC News, Dallas. 220. Traffic and weather every 10 minutes on the force. Sports at 10 and 40 and your money news at 20 and 50 past each hour. So for that one, here's Jim Chasco with our StockCharts.com money update. With investors nervously awaiting Fed Chair Jerome Powell's congressional testimony, U.S. stocks held to a narrow range today, finishing the Monday session fairly close to where they began the day. The S&P 500 edged up less than three points. With the Dow Industrials adding 40, the Nasdaq Composite slipped 13. Investors will pay close attention to what Powell has to say in Washington, D.C. tomorrow and Wednesday, as it'll be his first public remarks since the release of higher-than-expected inflation data over the last few weeks. U.S. oil futures rose, shaking off concerns about global demand. April crude rose 1%, settling at 80.46 a barrel. That's your money now. The news you need, delivered now. AM 1000, FM 97.7, high def on 101.5 HD2. On your smart speaker and streaming at nwnewsradio.com. Stay connected.
connected. Stay informed. Your information station. You 